Hello, I'm Bonnie Rabakoff, and we are back in the kitchen at Graham and Dunn with their owner, Alan Galen, and their executive chef, Bradley Gilmore. We are about ready to make one of Bradley's signature dishes. We're going to refer to this as serious comfort food. It is a double pork chop with creamed bacon Brussels sprouts. So, Bradley, before we get into the dish, where where did you receive your training as chef? Uh, here in Kansas City. I moved out here in 2000 and uh, joined uh, Johnson Community College for their culinary program, did the apprenticeship. So, you know, they've trained so many of our chefs and good for them and good for Kansas City to have this kind of resource available. Now, you interned with w- one of my favorite chefs. That is? Uh, Chef Michael Peterson. <laughs> I did that at the Grand Street Cafe. He was, he was an inter- he is an interesting person and so talented. What did you take away from your time with him? Um, a lot of cooking techniques and a lot more about just about work ethic in the kitchen. Uh, okay. um, he taught me a lot about just what a chef does and how to handle situations. Okay. So in addition to cooking, you also learned some leadership skills from him. He's an, he's an extraordinary chef and... I know you feel fortunate that you had the chance to work with him. Let's talk about some other inspirations for you in your career. We touched on it in the first segment about Granny, but seriously, what part has she played for your career? Um, she played a lot. I didn't realize it at first. When I first started uh-huh. uh, cooking, it was just something that I thought I'd try out and see if I liked it. I mm-hmm. moved out here after starting computer school. And um, once I got into cooking, I realized that my whole life I'd spent time in the kitchen with Granny watching what she was doing, wanted oh, to learn good. how to cook, what she was making. And uh, now that I have the chance, I'm recreating a lot of her recipes and using her as uh, influence on how I create my menus. So did I hear that you originally believed you were going to go into computers? I did. I did. Okay. Uh, I started that. I thought that was the coolest thing and <laughs> had a lot of fun with it. And then sitting behind the desk wasn't uh, for me. I wanted to mm. get up and move and do things like that and mm-hmm. work with my hands and create. You know, I had several, many of our chefs were going to do something else and then along the way realized this was where their passion was. And I always salute you for taking, you know, stepping back and saying, okay, you know, maybe this wasn't the right decision for me. That is. And then being willing to pursue something other than what you set out to do. Yeah, it's, it's a, a courageous thing, but it's a good thing. It is. It is. Uh, I think about it a lot, and I'm happy with the decisions I made. It's a lot mm-hmm. of hard work in the kitchen, but uh, it is. it's a lot of fun every day. Every day. All right. So here you received your inspiration and some of your training from Chef Michael Peterson. Now you, as executive chef, are providing that leadership and that inspiration for the cooks in your kitchen. And what is it you want to impart to them? Um, I really just want to teach them and mold them into executive chefs and take the next step in their careers and where they want to go. Um, every chef, chef has an opinion of what they want to do in mm-hmm. the career and where they mm-hmm. want to work and what type of restaurants they want to operate. And uh, just want to give them the leadership skills that it takes to, to lead the entire kitchen. It's a lot more than just cooking. There's a lot of management to oh, it, a lot yes. of business to it. Okay. So you're training them for that position in terms of management. What about food? What do you want them to take away in, in regards to the food that they're preparing for your guests? Um, kind of what I've taken away from every chef that I've worked under is kind of his style and mm-hmm. what he's known how. And I hope that they take that for me and mm-hmm. I can show them that and they can put their own twist on it right. and just keep creating great food in Kansas City. Okay. Well, you, you certainly are doing that. All right. 
Why did you choose a pork chop for us today? And please describe what a double pork chop is. Um, we did the double bone-in Berkshire pork chop. Um, pork chop's one of my favorite cuts. I ate it a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we leave the bone on. helps with flavor. Um, we put a lot of and care into it. And we forget that, but bone also imparts flavor. We know fat does, but we forget that bone does. It sure does. So yeah. these are double pork. This is a serious, two bones. This is a serious <laughs> cut of meat. And you did have it Frenched so that the bone portion there at the top is exposed because we know some people chew on that. Yeah, we left a little bit on there, and then when we bread it, it gets a little more uh, flavor mm-hmm. to it. And uh, Then you have to chew on you it. You have to chew on it, you Dan, have when to, you're done. You don't have a chew choice. On the yep, you chew on the bone. Okay, so you chose, and you mentioned Berkshire, and we know that is a heritage meat. It's a heritage hog, yes. It's a heritage hog, meaning it has not been genetically modified to serve any other purpose it has been preserved to maintain the flavor of the way this hog tasted a hundred years ago. That's the correct. real deal. So thank you for choosing that as well. All right. How do we get this pork chop ready? Uh, first, we start by marinating it with olive oil and some fresh herbs, parsley, oregano, thyme, a little salt and pepper, and we do that overnight. And if you don't do it overnight, you need to do it for at least a couple of hours. At least a couple hours. But best overnight. Best overnight. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know that you used a sous vide method before we started actually cooking it for this dish. Let's talk about what sous vide is and what we can do if we don't have that equipment or wish to use that method. So sous vide is? It's, um, it's controlled cooking. Mm-hmm. We, have, um, we vacuum seal the product and we put it in a water bath that controls the temperature right at 136 where the proteins start to break down and the meat doesn't dry out and imparts all that flavor into the meat instead mm-hmm. of letting it escape into the air. Mm-hmm. And we do that for three hours, and once that's done, then we start breading and searing and prepare it for service. Okay, so if we don't have the equipment, although I am told that you can use a big pot of water and put a thermometer in it and control the temperature that way, you do have to vacuum. You have to vacuum seal the seal product. The, yep. the product. All right. So let's say I don't have sous vide equipment at at home, or I don't choose this method. What else could I do to get this meat? ready or up to this point without sous vide we start with the marinade and then what i would do is slow roast it in the oven first okay yeah for about 45 minutes to an hour and then at, at like what temperature would you uh, use? about two 225 so low and slow and and what is our goal we're just trying to get it cooked. you're trying to get the cooking process started so that when we go to finish it we can get a nice sear on the outside get it to the right temperature on the inside and still juicy without drying out all right This has been one of the challenges with pork chops and several other cuts of meat is that by the time, if you're cooking it on the stovetop or you're cooking it at a higher temperature, being able to get the opportunity to have the meat caramelized and tasty yet not being overdone. And so what sous vide does is get the meat ready so you don't have to cook it so much. Right, it locks all that moisture in, and it takes us about 10 minutes to get it ready on the line from searing to the oven to finish, and it's the moistest, delicious pork chop you'll ever have. (laughs) (laughs) So we, and we had a wonderful celebrity taster, and she was just blown away by both the flavor and the moist, fabulous texture of the meat. And it it probably just needs all the care that you offered to make that happen. (laughs) Okay. So it's been sous vide, and now it is ready for cooking. Um, Let's talk about what you used for the breading. Uh, We use a a blend of um, all-purpose flour, 
cornstarch to give it the right texture, a little Creole seasoning and salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Just enough Creole to give it just a little bit of bite on the outside. So is Creole a seasoning that anybody could... Yeah, it's just a blackening seasoning, um, mm-hmm. Louisiana-style Louis, seasoning. Okay. <laughs> all right, so you mix all of those with just regular flour, all-purpose flour. And that's what we're going to put our um, our pork chop in. When we come back, we are going to finish breading this little guy, and we're going to cook it, and then we're going to prepare the side dish on in the kitchen. I'm going to ask you to please stay with us uh, and also remind you, you can see this technique on inthekitchenwithbonnie.com and download the recipe. When we get back at Graham and Dunn in the Kitchen with Bonnie. 